0: Hey, it's Pastor Tim. Thank you for listening. I pray this message inspires you to live a life engaged in Jesus Christ. Welcome home. Well, come on now. Somebody say, Amen. today is the day God has made. Can I get it? Thank you. We are in his presence. There is no other name by which we may be saved other than Jesus. So somebody say Jesus right now. Jesus. Mm. We are in the beginning of the series, I Am. You see, John, when he started to write his gospel, he says, What is the thing I need you to know most about Jesus? And he found this, two things. The first, most important, is that Jesus is God. He is God. See, he was the only one who could save us because he is the one who made us. He is the one who now came through us in the form of God to die on the cross and to save us. It was imperative that we understand that Jesus is God. And the second thing that is unique in John's Gospel, is powerful in John's Gospel, is the reminder that God is love. So Jesus came to be the ultimate expression of love. There are seven times in the book of John where Jesus Christ steps up and says, I am something. And the declaration of I am was a declaration that he is God. And he is God has seen in this thing. We're going to start with the first of those declarations this week. Turn in your Bibles to uh, John the 6th chapter. John the 6th chapter. The Multitudes had now been listening to Jesus speak for some time. He had introduced himself to them in miracles. We have the uh, wedding feast, the miracle of the, uh, changing the water into wine, showing the common becoming uncommon and special. We have him speaking and teaching. He has introduced himself to the people, and now he is ready to let them know, I am God. So he calls them forth onto a plain, and he speaks to them the words of life. He has them sit down. He sees that they are hungry. He's doing it more than just to feed them. Okay? You have to understand this to understand the message. He's, he's, he's set them apart. He's about to break the loaves and the fishes and send it out to them. And you guys know the miracle, the story of the loaves and the fishes, feeding of the 5,000. He breaks, and as much as he broke, there was enough to go around. In fact, not just enough to go around for the 5,000 men that were there. 5,000, by the way, the number of um, the Jewish nation uh, represented the first five books of the Bible. Okay? There, was enough. there were 12 basketfuls left over. 12 basketfuls, 12 the number of the Jewish nation, 12 tribes of Israel. This is a message to them saying, There is enough for you here. And more than that, just like my father took your ancestors into the wilderness, sat them down, and gave them bread from heaven, so I am doing this to you to show that the way God provided for you, I am doing the same thing. The people ate the bread. And it was good. Have you ever had fresh, fresh break bread? Oh, my goodness. I keep going to people and saying, listen, listen, I'm exercising. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm trying to be good about my diet, but I don't seem to be losing, you know, getting you know, fit like I'd like to be. And they say, well, you got to cut carbs out of your diet. <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, I guess I will carry around a little bit extra then. Because bread is just too good, isn't it? We sometimes pick the restaurant we want to eat at based on the kind of bread that they're going to serve before the meal, you know? It's like Olive Garden has the brown, or Olive Garden has the uh, limited breadsticks, right? You know, garlicky and delicious and all. Oh, and then you have Outback that has the brown bread. It makes you think it's healthy, but it's not really. But, you know, it's brown. So you think, like, well, look, it has to be healthy. But the bread... They tasted the bread. It was good. It was malasada good. <laughs> Alex had his first malasada this week. He's like, I don't know about that. It's not a donut. And he has this thing where, he, like, everything we like give him that's new to try, he like looks at it and like smells it first, and like he's like unsure about it. And he took a bit bite into that fresh bread, and he was like, Oh, was it good? Was it good? He's like, Matty, what's going on? Why is he talking to me? Yeah, Dave, my daughter, you got to get talked to. (laughs) People had tried the bread. It was malasada, good bread. They said, if Jesus can make this, he's going to be our king. See, they missed it. They missed it. They wanted him to rule their nation when he had come to rule their hearts. They want him to be a great political leader when he wants to lead them to heaven. And so he dismisses them because they're not going to get it. When he's on the other side, they find him. You know, they, they haven't hanged up. The, the, the crumbs of the miracle are in their beards. And they come to him. this is where we find him in the sixth chapter of the book of John. We're gonna be starting with the 24th verse. Let's go Matt, that's, uh, John chapter six, starting at verse 24. Father in heaven, we ask that you would speak to us in this moment, that we will hear your voice and your voice alone, speaking words of life and filling us Lord, let everyone who comes today not be afraid to taste and see that you are good. Lord, I ask that you would use me once again as you have called me in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 24, once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into boats and went to Capernaum to find Jesus. Jesus' home base was Capernaum. So they found him on the other side of the lake. You see, when you search for Jesus, you're going to find him. Make sure you're searching for the right reasons, though. They said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Catch that right there. First, they want to make him king because they won't let him be uh, lord of their life. They won't see him as God. Now they come to him and say, you're a good teacher, Rabbi. He did not come to be a good teacher. Jesus was not a rabbi only. He was seen as a rabbi, but he was God Almighty who came to save their lives and they're not getting it. And so Jesus doesn't even like, Yo, when did you get here? They're trying to make small talk. He cuts right to the heart of it. I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw the miraculous signs I did, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Now, do this. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to what church? Eternal life. The bread he gave them, as good as it was, as soft and fluffy as it was, as malasada like as it was, would eventually spoil. But he was offering them a bread that would never spoil. Work for this bread, this eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On Him, God the Father, has placed His seal of approval. And then they asked Him, what must we do to do the works, the works that God requires? They're not getting it. I hope you've gotten it. I hope you passed and transcended this idea that you can work your way to heaven, that you can do enough good deeds to get there. Because you can't. It's by Jesus. Someone say Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus alone. Jesus said, the work God of God is to do this. To do what, church? Everybody say, believe. Believe. The simplest thing in the world. He reiterates, or this is a reiteration of John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave the bread of life that whosoever does what? Everybody say it? Keeps the Sabbath? Doesn't eat pork. Never makes a mistake. Does what? Believes. See, by believing, God gives you the power to live a life in him of purity. Whoever to do this, to believe in the one he has sent, to believe in Jesus. So they had the gall to ask him, what miraculous sign will you give us so that we may know that it is you and believe in you. What will you do? Our forefathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus Christ said to them, I tell you, it is not Moses who gave the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Someone say life. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. How Jesus didn't break out and just start beating them with a rod, I don't know. (laughs) Jesus Christ declared, I am, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. They were looking at the bread of life right there, but they would not take the step to receive him. And so they died hungering and thirsting for life. If you've been seeking and consuming the world's bread, and still find yourself hungry. Maybe it's time to try heaven's all-carb diet. My sermon title today is all-carb diet. Three things to experience Jesus as the bread of life. I should probably ask before I jump into this: is there anybody in you who actually wants to experience Jesus as the bread of life? A couple of you. Okay, okay, so I can go on. Okay, so th- try these three things. First is this. First is this. understand. The bread is custom-made. It's what? Custom-made. Second, understand this. You are not common. Say, I'm not common. common. You're manner. And finally, actually that's the third one. The second one is this. Um, avoid empty calories. Avoid empty calories. And the third one is, you are not bread. You're common. You're not common, you're manna. Let's start. (laughs) I'd like to welcome you to our dress rehearsal today. The actual service will be starting in 45 minutes. Please keep your hands and arms inside the ride at all times. The crowd said they wanted manna like their ancestors. Okay? They had grown up their lives hearing the stories about how God provided this magical bread from heaven. How many of you have heard the story, by the way? Manna from heaven. Let me see your hands. A couple of you? Yeah, manna from heaven. Okay. Some of us who have been in the church have heard the story. How many of you have, when you heard this story, maybe as a kid, wondered, what did that taste like? Yeah? Like, oh, ooh, if I could just have a little bit of that, that would be so cool. Well, imagine them being part of their culture every year, hearing the story, knowing that somewhere there's an ark someplace there's some manna that didn't go bad. If I could just taste it. They wanted the manna bad because their forefathers had done it. They were looking back to how God had blessed them in the past. But in doing so, in doing so, they missed the manna that was right in front of them. They missed the bread of life Staring them in the face. God is doing a new thing in you. Somebody say new. Jason? <laughs> say new thank you. <laughs> I was like, not even Jason said, it. people are like, Pastor, we're tired of repeating you. Just give us a sermon. We want to get to potluck. It's the first potluck all year. Give us a sermon already. Talking all this bread I just want to go eat. I got some stuff to say, okay? So, you know, bear with me. He's doing a new thing in you. Custom made for your needs. Because you aren't just another human. You aren't just another number to God. You are special. So stop looking for God to bless you the way he blessed other people. Stop looking for God to bless you, maybe the way He did in the past. See, the great thing about God is He looks down. He looks. He opens the heavens and He says, "Hey, there's Chris Pogoyo. That's my boy, Chris. Everybody say hi Chris. hi, Chris." He says, "Chris needs this blessing like this right now, and He bakes up a brand new blessing for Chris and He gives it to him in the time that He needs it." He looks down and he sees Corey and says, "Man." Courtney's dealing with Jason today. I' got to bake her up a special big blessing. <laughs> special. I'm going to put a little patience in there. I'm going to put a little love. i going to remind him that he has a great smile, he's a hard-working man. Put that in there and give it to Courtney. just for her. And he does that for each and every one of us today. Can I get an amen? amen. Have you experienced that in your life? That when you need the blessing the way it is, uh, uh, you may not have expected it, but it comes down, it was what you needed for that moment. See, the problem with so many people is they are looking back to the past and saying, Lord, Lord, the way you blessed us back then. You know, my my, my grandma, she she told me the story about how she got sick, and she prayed to God, and you healed her. And the sickness went away, heal me like that. That's the miracle, like that. I heard the story of my, 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 my dad who lost his keys. He couldn't find them anywhere. So he got on his hands and knees and he prayed, Lord, help me find my keys. And he opened his eyes and there they were on the floor. And he said, if I hadn't bowed my knee, I wouldn't have seen what God done. So Lord, I'm bowing my knee. Help me find what I need right now in that way. You ever been there? You blessed these people. In these ways. Like that then. Bless me like that now. My call to you today is don't do that. Stop chasing after other people's blessings. Stop chasing after other miracles. It's good to see them, it's good to recognize them. And say, oh, the Lord worked a mighty way in the past. He's going to work a mighty way now. But we get in dangerous trouble, like the children of Israel did, and said, that way, Lord, bless me like that now. I need a spouse now, right now, and I want this one. I want him tall, dark, and handsome. I want him. Only Mandy got that one, okay? But, but, but. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. It's, It's not true. We got like four guys on that pew right there, tall, dark, and this is not fair. Manny, got Chris, Kaipo, two of the three. It's okay. Bless me like that. You gave them spouses. Give me a spouse like that. But sometimes the Lord says, I'm sorry, Mickey, I've only got 10 for you. That's your blessing. Hallelujah. (laughs) What am I saying? I'm saying, if we are too busy, focused on what God's done in the past, we won't see what God is doing in us now. And God is doing a new thing in us now. Amen? Amen. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. It's too important. Isaiah 43:19 says this. It's a promise from God. It says, see, look, pay attention. Be aware. See, I am doing a what, church? Somebody say it louder. Someone say it even louder. I am doing a new thing now. It springs up in you. Do not you perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, things we never thought possible. I am doing that thing. Trust that I've got a custom-made loaf of bread for you now. Start focusing on that and stop looking in the past. Stop comparing your life and your miracles to somebody else's. Because when you do, you're going to miss out on what God is doing in you now. Now, say now. now. Second point. point, second point. Avoid empty calories, avoid empty calories. The crowd came to Jesus because they had their fill of empty calories, you know. They said, whoa, he can feed us like this. That means we can use our f- hard work because the people in their day, they worked hard so they could eat, okay. They looked at the Romans, and the Romans, they had all they wanted to eat, and they got to do other stuff. They had luxury stuff. They had Mercedes-Benz chariots, Okay and Giorgio Romani, you know, robes. They got the extra stuff, and the children of us said, man, if we didn't have to work for our food, imagine the things that our money could go for. We could have that stuff too. It would be amazing. But all of that stuff that they were hoping for, worldly power, better accommodations, soft-baked bread every morning, All things that would spoil, they were empty. There's a lot of people in here who are eating the empty calories of the grind. You know what I'm talking about? Got to make that money, got to make that cheddar, don't you know? If you don't work, 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 then you're not very good. And we live in a society that places a premium on work. Okay? And the more you're working, the better you are. And if, 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 if you... If you you happen to work yourself to death, well, they're going to talk about what a great worker you were. And it's going to be a blessing. But I serve a God who gave us rest. He said, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you. See, that's bread that will last. The grind, they're just empty calories. As I said before, and I'll say it again, I'm going to say it right now. It will never be enough. You will never have enough dollars in the bank. You will never have enough square footage in your house. You will never have enough cars in your garage for it to be enough. Until you have Jesus, the bread of life. We spend our lives chasing empty calories. You don't need to do it. You don't need to do it. See, I thought we were good. You know, sometimes God makes you so poor, you can't chase empty calories, okay? You're like, well, I don't got, you know, I got a whole lot I can do. I've got a conference house, which is a blessing. Couldn't afford to live here on my own. All of our cars are at least 10 years old. It's okay. We got cars. We're good. We're about chasing stuff. And then I picked up my daughter from the airport after a year away. And for the entire, since the time we dropped her off, tears and sobbing and weeping and gnashing of teeth and then there was mickey that was all me um we anticipated the day we would be together you know i'm gonna be an empty nester in four years and and the, the closer it gets to that day the even more i appreciate the the kids being around you know You know, Sophie has been, just me and Soph and Mick, you know, for these last, um, you know, (laughs) nine months. And it's been great. Soph and I have gotten close. It's been so wonderful. Now I'm going to, all my family, what, together, What we go? We're just going to stay up. We're going to talk for hours. It's going to be glorious. And we get home, and we all sit on the couch, and I look to the left for conversation. And I look to the right for conversation. And I look ahead. And so I went back to do my Sudoku and dawned on me that this is not just my family, this is, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but this is common in almost every family in America, maybe the world today. We are not chasing after the bread that will not spoil. God gave us, those of us who have families. If you have a family today that you love, let me hear you say amen. amen. I'm not going to ask you to say amen to this, but um, if you haven't been appreciating them for who they are, for what they are to you, say have mercy. Say it to yourself. It's okay. You don't have to. I'll say have mercy. We, 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 I found that we are chasing... Things that give us nothing. I looked over on Maddie's feed, and she's liking pictures of clothes that she'll never wear. I looked over at Sophie's feed, and she's on Roblox building houses she can never live in. (laughs) What is this? What is this? So, yeah, Daddy, I put, like, the bathroom on the roof and a pool in the bedroom. That's not going to be allowed by building code. That's not even legal. She spends hours and make us liking pictures of food that she'll never eat. It's on the phone. We can't get to that. We spend our lives focused on things that are empty. They can't give us anything. But Jesus Christ has I've come that they might have life and have it how? Abundantly. Real life, real living Infesting in the future around us. So I called to you today. Called to you today. Avoid the empty calories and take part of the free loaves of bread that God places in your lives every day. Every day. God gives us an opportunity. To taste and see that he is good. To consume, put down the empty calories and consume the things in our life that will fill us. You know, yes, hard work is important. But only important if it gets you to know God better. Only important if it gets your family to know God better. God called us to work, but he called us to him more so. And if your hard work does not bring you closer to Jesus, stop it. Stop it. Because it's leading you to death. John, continuing on, Jesus is crying out to the people because he just wants them to get it. He just wants them to get it. This is John 6, 47 to 51. I tell you the truth. He who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers may have eaten manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. If anyone, if who? Anyone. If anyone, who? Anyone. anyone will eat this bread, they will live forever. My bread is flesh, which I give to the world. He gave this anyone see you don't have to have a special reservation to get in to consume real calories i looked up the most expensive bread in the world is somewhere in europe and the guy puts gold dust in it and you know it's a month's reservations to get in there's no reservations to get the bread of life it's free all you gotta do is eat it yet we walk by it on a daily basis consuming those empty calories And Jesus is standing in front of us today saying, come to me and live. Taste and see that I am good. Because nothing else in your life, nothing else in your life is going to fill you like the bread of life. Last point. Last point. You are not common. You are manna. Somebody say, I'm manna. See, manna was bread from heaven. God had sent it into the world to feed the hungry. It was miracle-blessed bread. The crowds who came to Jesus had the audacity, the uncanny temerity, the unmitigated gall with flecks of miracles still in their beards and digesting in their stomachs to ask Jesus for a sign that he was who he said he was. They're literally eating the miracle of the bread. He's right there in front of them, the miracle of life. And they're like, give us a sign. See, they couldn't see him because he was just a common man to them. It was just bread after all. I think it's so cool that the first thing that I am compares himself to, though, is bread. You know, because, like I said, every culture has its own bread, its own carb-based bread. Yeah. I always try and be sensitive to the cultures. Uh, we had some friends come over, and they were from um, L.A., um, Hispanic. And so I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to make them feel at home. So I said, hey, would you like a tortilla with the meal? And my family looked at me like I was racist. But what I was trying to do is make them feel at home because every culture has their own bread that's delicious to them. If they had been Indian and I had naan, I would have asked them if they like naan. If they had been from Portugal, I would have brought out the malasadas. If they had been from the mainland, I would have brought out Wonder Bread and said, it's not really bread, but it looks like it. White bread for white people, that's what it is. No, did I say that? I'm sorry. I'm just saying, every culture, it's common. It's every day. The children of Israel got so used to the manna, which was not common, which was from God, and they got sick of it. And they started looking for other things to eat. But Jesus Christ placed the miracle in the bread so that he could feed people. What I'm asking you to do this week is recognize the miracles in your life. Don't just walk by them like they're common. See, the devil wants you to do that. The world looks at miracles and they explain them away. They look at a shepherd boy who faced a the mightiest warrior in the land, a literal walking tank. And they say, oh well, he was a great shot. They look at Esther who saved her entire people. It's, oh, well, she was a great beauty. They look at Moses who led the people out of Egypt into the promised land and said, oh, he was a great leader. And they miss out on the fact that they were all empowered by the great God. They try and explain it away. It's just common. Brothers and sisters, the devil will try and do the same thing to you and tell you, you're just common. There's nothing special about you. But you are special. You are manna, bread from heaven, infused by God to bless somebody. And it's time we recognize our miracles. I want to take a moment today to recognize a miracle in my life, an actual miracle. 23 years ago, this Monday, I stood on this stage right here holding the hands of my beautiful bride. I promise to love her in good times and bad, in sickness and health, in riches and poorness. She promised to love me in good times and bad, in sickness and health, in richness. Inside joke, you have to see the video. (laughs) On that stage, those two kids had no idea what they were getting in store or had in store for them. See, she was pretty Al was kind of charming and so I tricked her. You know? said, said, so aren't the stars beautiful tonight? I don't know. I only see the stars in your eyes. <laughs> the stars are nothing. They don't have the flecks of gold that yours do. And on and on and on. Carry, on. Carry on. But we were completely different. If we had taken any kind of like course or something that took our priority types, if we had taken my pre-marriage class, we may have never gotten married. Okay? Said, listen, this is who you are. This, we were absolutely, she's a type A doer, going to get it done right now. I am a type B relaxer. I think about a lot of stuff. And this is how I could do this, and this is how I could do that. In the meantime, she's just doing it. We get on each other's space all the time. So when I say that we're celebrating 23 years of marriage, it's not common. It is a miracle. And each of you who are still married to your spouses, understand that. Sometimes the miracle is hard. But it's a miracle and we need to take time to celebrate those. That's why I'm gonna take a moment today to express and celebrate the living miracle in our life. Okay, and you put it on Yeah. I gotta kiss out of that one. See? No dummy. So, how's the pastor going to work a kiss into his sermon? Challenge accepted. (laughs) Ephesians 1 17 to 20 talks to us about being able to see the miracles God is working in our lives. Because if you're not seeing them, you need to open your eyes, you need to recognize what he is doing for you and through you. This is Paul talking to us today. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Somebody say revelation. So that you may know him better. I also pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in you, the saints. 19. And his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exalted in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God in heavenly realms. Brothers and sisters, what this is saying is this. God did something amazing in us through Jesus. He performed a miracle today, and we are not common. We are manna. We are called by God to feed the world. It is our great commission, and I call on you today. I call on you today. Don't just recognize your mana. Be mana. Go out of this place and feed someone today. Jesus, the bread of life. Why is not the end? And... It's been just, you can stand up there and take your best, okay? It's been a miracle to get that girl up here. She is such an amazing voice, amen? amen? It's not common. You're not common. You're manna. Thank you for using it today. One thing before, oh, keep, before I um, pray, I want to ask you to try something this week to remind yourself of who you are in God. I want you to write down A journal every day. And journal the miracles that God is doing in your life. Okay? It may take you some time at the beginning to really sit there and think about because we've been so conditioned by the devil's voice to tell us that's common. It's just bread. It's it's you know it's no big deal. But I have good news for you. God is putting mana in you and through you. He is making you the bread of heaven. It is truth. So please, please. Take some time to recognize it. By doing this, it will train your eyes to see God at work in your life. And you'll never question whether or not he's real because you'll know. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for being a God who loves us enough to be bread to us, to feed us and to sustain us, to be everything for everyone. Lord, if there be anybody here today who is still yet to accept you, to just simply believe that you are who you said you are and accept your death on the cross. Remind them it's not too late. Remind them they don't gotta wait anymore. Let them accept you in this moment. Let them taste and see that you are good. This is our prayer, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support this ministry with your time, treasure, or talent, please visit our website at kaneohe Have a blessed rest of your day.